I'm Justin Smith of Palmetto Coast Exotics. And I'm Phil Wolf of the Nefris Initiative. And you're listening to Snakes and Stogies. The only podcast dedicated to fine tobacco. All things reptile related. And the people who love them. As part of the Herpeticulture Network. Sound Another episode of Streamyard Sucks and Snakes and Stogies. I There's hear you. Delay. We're having major fine. issues with the connection this eve. I got some crazy. Don't know if storms. it's me. Don't know if it's Phil. I've restarted. I see you Marco? blink. Marvolo. Kind of jumbled that one. Can you see the lighting in the background? And there goes Smitty. Well, everyone, this is Snakes and Stogies, episode 160, brought to you by BlackBoxCages.com, as well as Puget Sound Pythons. Uh, I don't know if this is actually going out to you people or not, because as far as I can tell, everything's crystal clear, and I think Smitty's having issues this night. Um but we're here. We're attempting to make the best of it. And uh, thank you all for signing up. And all right, so people can see the lightning. Nice, nice. That's that's great. It's actually going completely around my city. I, I just checked the radar, so I should be okay, knock on wood. But uh, the horizon line is wicked. Um, I reset all my electronics. Smitty reset everything. And... Uh, Perfect. Podrick says he sees me perfectly clear. So, yes, tonight is episode 160 of Snakes and Stogies, brought to you by the Herpeticulture Network. My name is Phil Wolf. As always, Justin Smith is here in spirit. Um, I think he's resetting everything. Circuit breaker, fuse box, router, all the jazz. Um, and, yeah, again, it's brought to you by blackboxstage.com. If you need a rack, if you need an enclosure, if you need to upgrade or downgrade in size, they have everything that you'd ever want from the teeniest, tiniest pin drawers all the way up to the most behemoth of habitats. And go on to Facebook, Morph Market, Instagram, check out Puget Sound Pythons, the Gendra, the king and queen of the Pacific Northwest. Check them out. And uh, people are screaming in the background. I have headphones on, so hopefully no one runs by me with a chainsaw. Um, tonight, we were going to play a little catch-up. Uh, we had a couple topics that we wanted to talk about. Smitty just got back from a herp trip with some friends in North Georgia, southwestern South Carolina. So we'll try and touch base on that. Let me check my phone and make sure that Smitty's not... Smitty's text, and I quote, fucking ridiculous. We are holding down the fort, Big Pappy. So yeah, kids, welcome to the show. Uh, 
I wish I had more to report. I wish I had more to talk to you fine people about. Um, in terms of my personal animals and home, uh, everything is pretty normal. I, uh, I opted out of some pairings just because uh, work's been crazy and family and hanging out with friends and just time to yourself for just mental well-being, you know. And I figured as long as I feed them little boogers, clean their poo, and everyone's fat and happy, eh, they can always pair up next year. So I was also, I think it was kind of a, wasn't a kick to the privates, but it was definitely a flick, like, you know, just a flick when the fuscus did not stick. For those of you wondering, it's water pythons, Australian water pythons. And Smitty, is he back? He's spinning. His icon is, but there he is. He's there. Marco. Marco. Oh, well, I said Marco. You're supposed to say Polo. Polo. Oh, there's a bad delay, my friend. Marco. Polo. Smitty informed me that there's a delay test that we can do on this thing where he says one and then I say two as fast as possible. Or he says Marco and I say Polo as fast oh. as possible. Clearly, he's not hearing what we're hearing, but that's okay. He still looks good. He's got his Herbert Culture Network baseball hat on. He's got his THP hoodie. He's ready. He's with us in spirit. And yes, he is frozen. <laughs> Well, as he figures that out, I'm not frozen. I'm here. Oh, you're here. Well, is there a delay in audio? For real. I think there is a delay in audio. Help. This is marginally amusing, but also there is extremely, extremely delayed audio. Oh, there you go. Thirty seconds. Wow. Do you want to exit and try hopping on your phone as a guest? I can text you a link for the guest. There I go. What? Oh, man, that is a 30 second delay. Wow. Sorry, guys. And yes, Kasiki, I did do some herping myself. Um, eh, so I haven't had time to really like hit the beaten path you know what i mean i haven't been able to get out on foot i've really wanted to do some morning hikes and it's just it's just not in the cards just scheduling and weather and i don't know if anyone's familiar but south florida's beginning a ton of rain um which is really cool because you get these massive increases of rain you know april showers bring may flowers all that jazz and the animals hunker down but then the minute it stops and you get that like eight to ten hour temperature increase that night that the to the temp comes back up, the, those those clear skies right after the storm, all that low pressure's gone, everything comes out. So I tried to go out road cruising with Anna Maria a couple times, really wasn't anything moving, barely even any amphibians. I mean, usually we're pretty good for cane toads, leopard frogs, bullfrogs, and there's really nothing. Um, I was actually we went out Friday night. Let's see, today's Monday. So, yes, this past Friday night, and it was desolate. I mean, we saw two or three cane toads on the road and then one overly ambitious leopard frog. The, I mean, the thing had to be, 
easily the size of your hand, but it was jumping four or five feet into the air and it caught our eyes. We were, because I was crawling, you know, I was going like 20 miles an hour. Right. And you see this thing just doing, doing in the grass. And Anna Maria looks at me. She's like, is, is that a frog? I was like, yeah, I think, I think it's a leopard. And then she saw it and she's like, oh yeah, it's a leopard. It's gotta be at least a foot long, like in like leg span, you know, but, uh, that thing was booking. So we weren't even going to go try and find it. Um, and that was the only cold blooded creature that we saw that whole evening, but we definitely had some cool mammal action, which is sounds kind of perverse. I should probably rephrase that phrasing. Um, this one road that's one of my favorite pygmy rattlesnake roads is also really cool for the obscure mammal. And I mean, we usually get our fair share of possums, which are absolutely adorable because you always catch them off card when you're road cruising and you see this little fuzzy butt just like waddling down the side of the road with this little rat tail. And then the minute it kind of realizes there's a car creeping up behind it, it turns around, gives you the death look. And then it was like, oh, my God, a human. And then it hauls ass. It's adorable, right? And we get our fair share of rackins. Um, by the way, I found out that if you refer to raccoons as rackins enough with Dr. Zach Lofman in the car, he'll start saying rackin as well. I caught him twice with that one. It was great. Um, <laughs> uh, no, no updates on my corn snake. I, I got feelers out. I got people on the hunt for them. Um, there's supposed to be a population of the phenotype that I'm looking for about 25 minutes from my house that like people see consistently. And I was scrolling through iNaturalist and I found somebody found that phenotype like 10 minutes from my house. So I may try and do like some nature walks through like some suburban areas at in the evening time. Hey, look at you in the flesh, Marco. Polo. Oh my God. I think we got it figured out. I think you got to figure it out. You're smooth Praise as silk right now. You're, you're crystal clear, my friend. Burning hell internet company. And yes, herping with Dr. Loafman is a fantastic Hello. experience. Welcome to the show, Smitty. Is there delay now? You don't look delayed. No, I don't think so. Okay. Oh, perfect. Perfect. Excellent. Well, we did. <clears throat> yeah, we are. We are definitely going to be paranoid. We did our introductions. We talked about our beautiful sponsors. I kept them on ice for you, Bubba. I did not divulge my huge herping monumental once in a lifetime experience event that happened Friday night, but we were kind of segueing to it. And then somebody, I, somebody asked about corn snakes and I derailed hardcore. Um, were we smoking tonight? Underground Maduro. Oh, excellent. Excellent. Mm. That's a that's a big stick. It's at 62 by 8. <laughs> Phrasing. No, this is like their like Corona Doble. Oh, okay. You just have gigantic hands. <clears throat> well, I know how much you are not a I know how you are not a huge fan of Gurkha, but I am man. you are a big man. Um and I forgot I had these. I had uh, so this is the uh Gurkha 
Estate Select. Okay. Oh. It's very Corojo uh, in smell and Corojo in color. I like it because they leave an open foot, mm-hmm. which I, I think is awesome. And I've, I've over-saturated these with humidity on accident. Um, and the foot did not blow out, believe it or not, because I've had a lot of open foot cigars that if I kept them too humid, especially like using Pelican cases in South Florida, if I don't burp right. it enough or like open enough, the, the feet will blow out. But this one held up and these were actually in cellophane and I made sure that I crimped the cellophane before I put them in the Pelican case. Um, but the cellophane was so beautifully golden yellowed. And I mean, they're, they're realistically, they're probably maybe a year ish old maybe two years old at max yeah it depends on the wrapper because some of them uh that are really sort of oily like the lfds and stuff yeah you know, if those were in cellophane those would probably amber up quicker than other stuff that that isn't as oily so it just kind of depends on the blend but yeah. yeah that's usually a good sign when I, when i see cellophane that's all yellow i get i get a little excited yeah so these these are yellowed nicely and i figured uh tonight would be a good night to spark one up so that's right. Well, I gave a quick synopsis as to what's quasi going on in my world the past week. Why don't you chime in with yours? Um, so yesterday morning, I woke up quick at about noon. Uh, just thought that I had to check the rhinos soon. Turn on the lights and they were locked. So. It's a very good sign. Um, the male has been trying like crazy since I put him in there to make something happen. She has yet to really allow it. But yesterday, like this is a confirmed lock. Like I saw the same thing that I saw with the cyania where the female like just it, before the vent, they get that weird like swelling to where remember with my cyania, I thought that something was oh, yeah. wrong. Yeah. It, honestly, um, it looks like a, a massive... It looks like a massive infection. Like balloons up. Yeah, or like a, a weird, a, a giant subcutaneous cyst. It looks yeah, gnarly. So, um, saw that. So they were locked. That's the first confirmed lock. Um, not going to pull him or anything yet. You know, Matt uh, said don't pull him, which I wasn't planning to because they're going to be cohab pretty much full time now. Um, and then I know. When Rob Stone wrote the Rhino article for the magazine, he had mentioned placing males in, even if it seems early in the season, because it's really hard to catch the ovulations of the females sometimes. So his thing was like, put the male in, leave him in there, let him do the job. You know, don't, even if you think he's done, don't, don't separate him yet. So leaving him in there. Um, have the first corn clutch should be on the ground within the next, I think, week, if that. Excellent. Um, other corn clutch, I got a prelay shed, so we're probably another week or two out from those. <clears throat> um, that's kind of it. Good stuff, man. Good stuff. Nothing too crazy. Yeah, you sent those rhino pictures, man. I was like, what? Yeah, finally. Finally, finally. It's good. And nothing from the Jansen eye? The female just shed. So usually when she sheds, I, I usually start to definitely keep a closer eye on if there's been any in and out of the, the lay box. Right. 
um, just in case that is a prelay shed. Um, and she did just shed the other day, and I can tell it's hers because it's like way bigger than the males. It's huge. Uh, so we'll see uh, see what happens in the next couple weeks. I don't, you know, I don't really take them out and palpate them or anything unless she happens to be out and I'm, I'm feeling yeah. willing to pester her, which I'm usually not. So yeah, it's not worth it. Just let them do their thing. Um, hey, look, Keller got leucistic Texas rats going right now. That's awesome. Congrats, Keller. Kelly. But yeah, just uh, sort of the the usual should be going up to Black Box here soon to get our order. Um, I got a one of the XA threes, so that's the thirty six by twenty four by eighteen, and that's what the percentum are going to go in. I went and got uh, around the corner. Neighbors had some bamboo growing, so I you know got permission from them to cut down like two stalks of that. Was cut so, that up. Awesome. So I have my my bamboo is cut. And uh, just got to get the, you know, the the board to mount it and get it ready for that that setup when I have it. Pretty excited about it. I think it's going to look good. And hell then, yeah, um, man! Those things, man, they're they're doing fantastic too. They're both just monsters when it comes to food. Good. And uh, the females growing like a freaking weed. She's put on some some good size since I got her, and. Yeah, I mean that's that's pretty much it. Hell yeah, man. Well, uh, got, on got scorpions. I know. Well, we're gonna hear all about them. I uh, and great pictures, by the way. Um, I was invited to a buddy of mine wanted to have like a dude's night at his house, and he was like, "Listen, either bring cigars or bring bourbon, and we'll all just share." And uh, or bring lube. <laughs> not that kind of guy's night. Um. And uh, it was uh, this was Saturday night, and these guys are not smokers. They're they're not um, right. And I showed up with my little travel case, you know, the one I bring to Daytona, and they were like, "What is that?" And I was like, "Oh, this is a it's a hard it's a cigar case. It's like a travel humor. It's this one's actually a Pelican case. Like, what's a Pelican case?" And to explain to them, I was like, "Well, you put you know valuables in it. And you put a hard. Pelican in it. Yeah, right." So does it have a bird on it? I was like, it does. Um, but no, these are good guys. And uh, they were shocked. They were like, you smoke that much cigars? I said, yeah. And then I was smoking cigarettes in between every couple every couple drags, you know, like I do on this show. Yeah. yeah. And uh, it was very interesting because I guess they, I don't want to say they didn't know what they were doing, but the question started to come out like, Hey, uh, should I do this or should I do that? I was like, well, you could do this or you could do that. It's up to you, you know. And then I told them how to, you know, show them how as to. As far as like toast, cutting and lighting and stuff, cutting and lighting and drawing yeah. too much too fast, and you know, getting toasting too much, toasting at all, all, all that stuff. And we talked about the different types of of cigars, and a couple of them had some 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 decent stuff, and then some others had some meh. Most of the stuff was not name brand. It was like uh cuban cuban delight from some no name you know coffee shop yeah, in like miami bundle, yeah bundle stick you know, mm-hmm. house blends but regardless it was a grand old time so it was good that's people people have to realize when it comes to cigars it's not necessarily the cigar that it's all about like you can have a cigar that's not great but if you're smoking it with the right people and you're hanging out with, with yes like it's awesome 
Yeah. You know? <clears throat> but I had uh, I had one more of those Cohiba Beikes. So I smoked that and uh, topped it off with a Maduro number five. And, uh, and then I brought some of those veteran tobacco uh, torpedoes. I wound up giving them to a couple of the guys. It was a good time, man. It was a good time. A little charcuterie. It was good. Uh, and then what's crazy is, you know, a lot of times when you go to these little house parties where guys are like, oh, yeah, bring some bourbon. You know, there's there's a lot of the, the same bourbons. There's somebody brings Jack Daniels. Somebody brings, you know, Dewars and some Maker's Mark. Buffalo there was some trace. Buffalo. There was yeah. a Buffalo Trace. Took the words out of my mouth. But, dude, there were three different bottles of Dalmore. And I was like, damn, boys, like <laughs> spare no expense. I, I walk over and you know, they have all the all the bottles on like this uh, uh, like brick island that my buddy has mm-hmm. in his backyard. And you could see those stag heads on the bottle from across the room. And I was like, <laughs> man, is that three different bottles? A of whole the herd. It's a whole herd, right? Yeah. And uh, it, dude, it was it was fun. It was good. But I hadn't I hadn't smoked cigars with a group in quite some time. I was actually thinking about it. I think the last time I did it may actually have been Daytona. Yeah. That's, I don't know. That's kind of the fun thing too. Like if you have a cigar shop nearby that has a lounge and everything, yeah, you spend enough time there. Like you, you end up seeing a lot of the same guys. It's a lot like a bar. Yeah. Or especially if it has a bar in it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the ones here in South Carolina don't, unless they serve food. Oh really? Yeah. They have to, in order to serve liquor, you have to serve food in South Carolina. Really? Um, so any cigar bar that has liquor, they also have a kitchen. And I think like most of them don't have like a full blown kitchen. It's usually like something small, like just to meet the minimum to be able to sure. have it. Um, but it's always it's funny, man. You meet. I've, I said that's when I worked at the shop and stuff. That was always sort of the funniest thing is like you meet literally. People from all walks of life. Sure end up having a guy for everything like oh you know anybody that's a that's a plumber yeah i got a guy like i know a guy yeah for sure lawyers doctors um there was one guy that used to come in all the time he lived like up in charleston but he was down here for work all the time and he did like hip replacements so he'd come in between like surgeries and and smoke and like landscapers and doctors of all kinds and just it's just funny like the different people that walk through that door and you're like you see them almost every day and some of them you don't even know their name but you see them on like a a daily basis and you're still like what's going on man you know yeah for sure it's just it's just bizarre it's it's like cheers i guess is kind of the best way to put it it, just a thousand percent is like cheers but there's not really an industry anymore that you see that like it's one of those things like that was one of the things i loved about the cigar shop so much and granted, there was always going to be a few exceptions. There's going to be a few a few douchebags who would come in and, and just talk shit the entire time, like just run their mouth constantly. But it didn't matter what your political affiliation was, you know, how you felt about whatever president at any given time, um, you know, culturally, where you came from. Like none of that, none of that matters. Yeah. It's like everyone's just there for the same thing. And it's one of those things where like you, I sat, you know, I'd have strangers come in that were out of town, um, you know, visiting or something. And I'd have a, you know, hour long conversation with them, never get their name, nothing. Yeah. And then they'd leave and I'd never see them again. But it was like someone, it was like us talking. It was like someone I had known. Yeah. Forever. It's just strange. It's, there's nothing, there's really nothing like it. Like there's, yeah, I mean, cheers is the perfect example. Exist. Yeah. Yeah. And I feel like, 
there are still a lot of bars like your local neighborhood bar there's still a lot of them across america but at least in in my personal experience in most of the urban areas or densely populated suburban areas those bars are disappearing man i mean you can have total wine and abc liquor delivered to your house you know and most of the places that are bars they're they transition to a restaurant during the day and a nightclub at night, or they've right. just gone full nightclub. And there was two or three bars in downtown Florida that we would frequent all the time. And, you know, and like, it was like cheers. They knew our name. They knew what we drank. It was very personable and they all closed up. And now they're only open Thursday, Friday, Saturday. And yeah. a rum and Coke is 20 bucks. Cause there's, you know, heavy bass and strobe lights in the background. Right. It's a shame. It's a shame. Yeah. And it's, you know, a lot of people ask me that too is, do you get a lot of regulars or do you get a lot of people that are just, you know, tourists or whatever? And like a majority of the business that we got when I worked at the shop was, was regulars, like people that I would literally yeah. see every day, every other day. Um, and those were the people that you got to, you know, over time you, you learned sort of what they liked. And so when something new came in, you were like, Hey, this is sort of right in your, your wheelhouse of what you, you know, your palate. So give this a shot. And just over time, you know, you just, it just builds, you build relationships with people whether you intentionally do or not. Sure. And it's just I don't I don't think you see that anymore, especially you know, like I said, like as as hostile as the as the internet is when it comes to conflicting opinions and stuff like that. Like there have been multiple occasions where I've had guys that, you know, were were black and grew up in the sixties you know, we're old enough in the sixties to know what was sure. going on and know how messed up it was. And like to hear what they had to say about the whole, you know, uh, civil rights movement and all that stuff. And, and <clears throat> growing up in a, in a time like that compared to what we have now. And it's just like, I, it's fascinating to hear that stuff because, you know, a, I, that was way before my time. Sure. And to me that their opinion there and on that whole subject holds more, more weight to me just because it's like, that was such a vastly different scenario yeah. than what we see now in right. terms of like, I won't even go there, but basically it was like, see, you heard these things and like you had people that were serious, like Democrats or serious Republicans or whatever you want to say. And it's like, you it's did none of it matter. Like you could still have debates with people and they could be like, okay, I'm out of here. And it's like, cool. See you tomorrow, man. Like later, like it never got, it never got crazy. No one ever got uppity. Like it's just, that's something yeah. you just don't, you just don't get that anymore anywhere. You know, it's not a, it's wild. I tell you what, my local spot, I haven't been there in a long time, but just goes to show you that it doesn't matter your heritage or your race or creed or your taste in music. I became friends with a rangers fan and that was it was it was shocking to me i was like this person is wonderful this is a guy that I, we smoke all the time we have drinks together we're sociable and then i found out he liked the rangers and i was like Ooh. you know what i don't even care i don't even care it's a cigar bar it's the the, harm, yeah, the harmoniousness it's, of the cigar bar it's so weird because i think it's everyone you know a lot of people go 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 to their cigar shop after work or something and it's just been one of those days where it's like everyone's had their ass kicked all day sure everyone just wants to sit down and just hang out watch golf whatever 
yeah. and everyone's just like they're no one's there for the bullshit man they're all there for the same reason everyone's there just to hang out kick it relax and uh like i said that's just that's a that's not really a thing anymore in a lot of places it's not it's not and i feel like some of those places like i was saying earlier it is until nine o'clock and then the music gets raised and the lights get dimmed and you're like what the hell and that turns into nightclub and i want to go home yeah so yeah and we get (laughs) man with some of the regulars we get too we had this old old guy he's he's no longer with us um but he was like so hardcore into the conspiracy stuff, like Pl- Project Blue Book, oh, and like so you'd sit there and he'd come in, and sometimes I was in the mood for it. Sometimes I was like, "Oh fuck, here we go," because he'd sit there for like <laughs> four hours. Yeah, you had, you had some lounge lizards every now and then, and some of them you loved, and some of them you were just like, "I really wish you would just find a hobby outside of this place and and go somewhere." because they will literally sit there all damn day. But <laughs> this guy, man, he was so he got the funniest part was he got like there was another older guy that worked for us at the time and then there was another guy that was just a regular and he got them hooked onto the conspiracy stuff and so they'd all like start hanging out together on the same days at the shop and watching Project Blue Book and then I'd come in and they'd be like trying to sell me on this conspiracy thing and I'm like y'all are out of your mind like UFOs and like all that it was hilarious we're talking about dudes that are like in their 70s and just (laughs) like really sold on it it was it was it was a sight that's that's crazy i actually i had a guy i hear a bunch of weird stuff in my shop and i got a lot of tinfoil hat wearing people that come into my shop but i heard the best one ever like two days ago i think i actually called him the tinfoil hat club oh yeah it's yeah yeah for sure so this guy comes in, right? And he looks just like a normal, normal blue collar guy. Nothing crazy. He's got shorts and a t-shirt on, just normal looking dude. But he's got a shirt rolled up in his arms. And he's for those, he's like holding, he's like holding it almost as if it's like a baby. And he's scratching his arm like this. And he never stops. The same exact spot the entire time he's in the store. He just keeps on scratching. I don't know. And uh and he comes over. He's like, hey, um, do you, do you know how much this is? And I was like, yeah, it's such and such. He goes, oh, OK, cool. And then um, do you guys have any of these? And I was like, yeah, yeah. Oh, they're, they're, they're you know, 100 bucks. Oh, OK, cool. You know what's crazy, man? I was like, oh, God, here we go. <laughs> he's like, you know what's crazy? I was I was thinking, man, do you remember that movie Face Off? <laughs> and I kind of looked at my coworker and I was like. Yeah, there's no telling what's coming out of his mouth. He's like, he's like, dude, do you remember like Travolta and Cage and like the switching of the faces? What if here we go, children, bear with me. He says, what if Obama was Osama? And we'll never know, man. We'll never know. They threw his ass out of a helicopter. We'll never know, man. There's no body. What if they switched, man? What if the faces were switched like the movie? And then he just walked out. That was it. That was it. <laughs> That's he, just, the, he just he, dropped that nugget of wisdom and left. Yes, yes. It, my my coworker was like, "Shit, man." He's like, "I should have gaslighted him. I should have been like, you think I that too?" The same thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but I, that was probably the most bizarre tinfoil head. It just because it was so obscure, like, and I wasn't expecting it. You know, you see the guys that are coming off the street sometimes, and they're looking a little, yeah. look, looking a little, little yeah. crazy. But no, th- like this guy just looked like a normal dude, but he he was out there. Shapeshifters, <laughs> changelings. Uh, 
Oh, and by the way, Trippy, I knew that you were too cool, and they had to be a Rangers fan. Explains it. Wasn't what was that James Bond movie where they had sort of the same thing happen? Where like the British guy, they had like the North Korean dude that mm. got his face uh, changed uh, over and he turned never into died. like no, yeah, not tomorrow. No, um, the world's not enough. That one was ridiculous. The world is not enough. Yeah, that's when they busted out that green jaguar, and everyone was like, "Boo!" Yeah, that was the giant laser in the ice yeah. hotel, which was yes, like, yes, <laughs> most non-practical thing of all time. An ice yeah. hotel. Who it's the just... fuck wants to stay and, in that? <laughs> and look, Pierce. Okay, Pierce Brosnan is my Bond. Like he Pierce is. Brosnan is is my Bond. He's your Bond. He's our generation's James Bond. But that movie was just grasping at straws, man. It was. It really was. I mean, oh. if you think about them, they they all are like it's all kind of no, kinda but creepy. no, you, you like you expect the Bond movie to be a certain way, right? But that one over was the just, top. They're all over yeah. the top. Yeah, Halle Berry and oh uh, no, he's an ornithologist in Cuba, staring yeah. at the, staring yeah. at the water with binoculars. Like, yeah, there's exactly. No, there's no birds over there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well put, well put. I oh, am convinced God. that everyone thinks. Their generation's bond was the best bond. Well, see, that's not true. Because as much as I, I think love, it is. No, hold I, on. So, my all-time favorite Bond movie is Goldeneye. That's the one I grew up with as a kid. I played the Nintendo sixty-four game religiously. Like Pierce Brosnan, Goldeneye, is that with the, the lady who like broke people in half with her legs. Yeah, uh, what was it? Femke Femke Jensen. Femke Jensen. Yeah, Zenya Zenya's a game on a top. Yes, love that movie. Also full-fledged for all the uh, gamers out there that's where you fall in love with the aks74u fell in love with it and yes kids i do own a real clob uh side note gaming out yes i have i have a real clob so side note um i think that roger moore was the best bond because i loved how funny he was i mean roger moore had the best one-liners he was definitely he was more of a womanizer than any other Bond. Val Kilmer is my Batman Jenkins. I loved those horrible Batman movies as a kid. Like, yeah, they were when, pretty awesome. When when Kilmer was Batman and Clooney was Batman. All right, everybody, freeze. <laughs> I loved those movies. Uma Thurman was like my my first oh, serious God. crush, man. Uh. And then, you know, I didn't I didn't care for for Pfeiffer as Catwoman until I became an adult. And I was like, oh, God, she's just a filthy crumb. God bless her. <laughs> uh. A filthy crumb. Yeah. <laughs> Pfeiffer as Catwoman. Just as a kid, I was like, eh, she's on drugs. I don't like her. And then as an adult, I'm like, oh, yeah, this is bad. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know, man. I love those those '90s, like weird, over the top. Tommy Lee Jones's Two Face, like <laughs> yeah, I forgot about that. Oh my god, uh, Jim Carrey was the Riddler, and yes, he Lisa, awful. he Roger Moore did have the best villains. I mean, he had he had um, um, Odd Job and Jaw, multiple movies with Jaws. I mean. Pussy Galore, like, come on. Or no, was Pussy Galore? No. I think that was Sean Connery. 
I can't remember. Yeah, that I don't know. Uh, oh, and Moonraker, Man with the Golden Gun. Oh, Roger Moore was the shit, man. And anyone who anyone who hasn't seen the movie Wild Geese with um, uh, Richard Burns and Hardy Krueger and Roger Moore, you need to watch it. Roger Moore plays a ex British Special Forces mercenary in pseudo Rhodesian Africa. It's amazing, fantastic movie. Did you see the new Batman? Like I did not. One with did. Um, Robert, uh, Pattinson. Oh no, I heard the Pattinson one was awesome because dude, dude, it was so good. I I've never seen a Twilight movie, but Pattinson is the fucking man. He's, did you? He's did you see the movie? Turned it around because oh like, sure. In a couple other movies that I was like, where was this when you yeah. started, dude? Like, damn. Yeah. Oh yeah. Did you see a? Uh, I think it's still on Netflix. It's called The King, and it's Timothy Chalamet plays like Henry the Third or something. Mm-hmm. Well, Pattinson plays the Emperor of France, and he's a lunatic, and it is fantastic. He was in this Tom Holland movie called The Devil All the Time, and that was he was fantastic in that too. Really, definitely uh, need to watch that. Now I can't remember the name of the woman, but it was um it was Hemingway's love interest. I can't remember her name. Ronnie Weaver. No, she was a she was a famous writer or journalist. Yeah, she was a famous journalist. Anyway, Nicole Kidman plays her in a movie, and Pattinson plays T.E. Lawrence, and he's like super flamboyant, but also extremely obscure because he's been in fucking desert combat for years, and he's all mm-hmm. twisted. Awesome, dude. Pattinson's the man. Yeah, no, he was he he was really good in this this Batman movie. Like they, you know, Paul Dano was was Riddler. Oh, nice. And it was just such a, like, the Christian Bale movies were definitely on the darker side. Maybe not the the later ones, but yeah, this one was, like, on another, like, it almost had, like, seven vibes. Really? Kind of. Not as as dark, but it was definitely, it was good. I was, I really enjoyed it. So, I hope they do more. Yeah. Snakes are pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, back to snakes. Back to snakes. <laughs> so you went herping. I did. Give us I a rundown of I how it transpired. I won't go into too much detail because I think that's what me and Jake will end up talking about on Thursday. Oh, come on. I don't want to just repeat and have the same show, but Okay, all right, all right. Basically the synopsis. He was there, is, so I get it. He was. Uh Chaz at more than Morelia. <laughs> put on this like Earth Day herping trip up in Athens, outside of Athens. It was Okani National Forest that we went to. Um, and ended up being, I think, seven of us total, maybe nine. So it was me, Chaz, um, Preston Converse from Smoky Mountain Feeders, Brent from Blue Ridge Reptiles, um, Skyler ended up from Hail the Scales, ended up driving up Saturday. Jake ended up driving up Saturday. And then uh, Preston's sort of stepson, more or less, his name is uh, Che. He was with us. And then we had another guy with us who kind of was like a last minute sort of addition. 
he was he's here from the UK. He was supposed to be going somewhere else that particular weekend, but something fell through, so he ended up kicking it with us. His name is Aiden Beverton. Beaverton. Very cool. Um, so he he was he's been herping all over the world, and he just happened to be in our neck of the woods. I think that particular weekend, so he he camped out with us and stuff. And uh, I drove up there Friday morning. It's only like a four hour drive or so for me, so it wasn't horrible. Um, got up early Friday, got up there before noon, went to like went straight to Chaz's place where we all met, and then we all convoyed to the spot and uh, camped out and did some herping before we really got to the campsite and set up and man like we freaking we did phenomenal like we found a lot of stuff i think we found a total of like 28 snakes wow um across i think we tallied like nine species hell yeah and then we saw a handful of lizards handful of amphibians um and it was awesome. Like we, you know, they did a lot of controlled burns, I think about three weeks prior in some of the areas we were at. So that kind of got things moving a little bit. And that's great. Um, it was, it was freaking gorgeous up there, man. Like it was, it was really nice. The weather was perfect. It rained some Saturday morning, but then it cleared up in oh, no that's time. Awesome. Um, still like cooler. Like it wasn't hot. It was still, I think the, it's like mid seventies. Um, saturday so it was cool enough to where you know it was things weren't going to be moving a lot but if stuff was sunning it would definitely be out so it was kind of perfect for finding stuff that was basking um found some black rats they found some nerodia um i got my scorpions hell yeah which was super exciting found some ring necks some decays uh, found a really nice cane break slash timber, which is interesting. We'll talk about that in a second. Okay. Okay. Um, what else? Eastern King, uh, racers, and rough greens. It's a hell of a list, man. I think they found some box turtles. Nice. Um, gray tree frogs. I think there were some bullfrogs. Broadhead skinks, five line skinks, a couple of knolls, ground skinks. Which that was funny too, because like I remember walking around the woods and like being like, man, that's weird that I'm not hearing Cincella, which are those ground skinks. You normally, when you're walking, you can hear them like take off. Yeah. And it's only for like a few seconds and then they kind of disappear into the brush or under the leaf litter and stuff. It was like as soon as I had that thought, all of a sudden I hear them and I see them and they're like, I go down this little ravine into this giant ditch in this the middle of this forested area and like there's ground skinks all of a sudden everywhere um tons of armadillo burrows too which i thought was interesting like the armadillos definitely everywhere out there um and yeah and then i think i'm sure i'm missing some stuff but we uh aiden the guy from the uk like he had he he one of his lifers was a rough green and so we found that rough green he got some really good pictures of it um awesome. he had a he brought his camera and he had like you know full setup with the camera and everything he's on instagram i'll have to um show everybody yeah man share the good stuff but um yeah scorpions that was exciting as hell so was, did you find them at night or did you find them during the day so the first handful that I found was actually during the day. And it was like me and Chaz had 
sort of gone back to the cars while everyone else was still scattered out, sort of looking around. So we were just kind of hanging out, killing some time. And there was, it was in an area where there was a controlled burn recently. So everything was charred and stuff and there was down pines. And so I started peeling bark kind of on, on some of the smaller logs. And I just happened to look down while I was talking to Chaz and one of those scorpions was chilling like, right there. This is the Hensi? No, these are the, the Vejovis. Oh, okay, uh, cool. Carolinianus. Car- yeah, Carolinianus. So several, uh, Southern devil scorpions, or I think unstriped scorpions is what they're called. I don't know nice. why they call them. Yeah. Either way, I looked down, I got super excited and I saw it. And so I brought some little deli cups with me because I was like, I'm I'm taking some like I've wanted some of these forever. I'm taking some yeah, home. For sure. <clears throat> and uh, you know, got one and then we peeled back the bark some more. And there was another one. Peel back the bark some more. There's another one. Oh, another, that's awesome. another, like because they're communal. So like usually if you see one in a log, there's almost always gonna be more. Yeah. And so we kept I kept, I just kept going down this log, man. I ended up going home with seven of them. Wow. But so I found that first handful and then I did bring my black light to go looking around. And so Friday night when it started to go dark, I had eyeballed some pine logs and stuff near our campsite where we were, you know, there's a little sort of equestrian trail that started at our campsite and kind of went out. So when we were walking down that kind of looking around, I spotted a few, a few logs that I went back to and checked out and, you know, spotted a few. There was like two of them that I didn't catch because I wasn't fast enough. They disappeared in the leaf litter. And then even with yeah, the black light, they just kind of disappeared. Um, no idea where they, where they went. Um, but then uh, another like spot near the campsite with a bunch of down logs and stuff. And I black lit a little bit over there and found a couple. And then, the next day, somehow, Skyler had come across one, and he put it in a he had it in a bottle for me. So nice. Final tally was seven of them, and actually, I I have some some like tiny baby mealworms because these things are small. Like adults, like an adult could fit on my thumbnail fairly. Easily. Really? Yeah, they're little. That's um, crazy. And so I had tiny baby mealworms, and so I started chucking a few in there, and I checked on them. I think last night, and one of them was like going to town on it. Hell yeah, man. Hell yeah. So I'm super excited about those. They're so cool. It's so strange that they're even in Vehovis because you look at their build and it is nothing like dune scorpions or any of that stuff out West. Um, right. If anything, I think they look more like uh, Babicurus or just some of the, like the more boothed stockier sure. stuff. Like they don't have the same, I don't know the whole Vehovis thing. I'm so confused about I need to find like a phylogenic tree or something because it just it doesn't add up. It's almost like they were like, they're not centroroides. What's the next best thing we got? And someone was like, yeah. Vehovis. And they're like, okay, that's what they're going to be. So yeah. Yeah. I'm pretty, I'm pretty stoked, man. It's awesome. How are you going to set them up? I haven't set up in a, one of the little Sistema boxes. That's like, maybe a liter size. Okay. Box. All right. Um, with a couple pieces of, of cork bark. And I had a couple dead pothos leaves from the rhino rat cage that I put in there. Um, and some sort of pine bark that I had them in the deli cup with just on some topsoil. And just, I'm keeping that pretty, pretty humid, pretty moist. Cause Good. that doesn't seem like a species that, that would take well to drying out a lot. I mean, you yeah. consider like when you're peeling bark on these down pine trees, like it's always 100% humidity, humid. It's always oh, yeah. wet, you know, so 
We'll see. I mean, I, I think with the with the numbers I have, I, I'm almost guaranteed to at least have a pair in there somewhere. Yeah. So, but they're super cool. I mean, some... they're so small and they're they're communal, which I think is cool as hell. I love communal yeah. scorpions. I think those are some of the most fun. Um, we'll just you should get some that. isopods and put them in there because the the bigger ones they're not going to mess with, and then they'll probably eat the offspring. So that could be cool. Mm-hmm. Just just in case the mealworms don't pan out exactly how you want. Those aren't going. Those are freaking. I'll never run out of those things. Oh, nice. Yeah. Good. But, dude, I was so excited when I saw that first one. I just looked down and there it was. And I was like, oh my God, they're real. That's awesome. So that was, that was, I mean, that was the sort of the target species for me. Um, More than happy to to have got some and been able to bring them back. You know, that's a, I don't know what it is. Like, maybe it's just because they're not. A big species or I just they've never struck me as something that was ever really popular in the invert hobby yeah I don't know what it is I don't know if it's because they're like a native species and that they're kind of just small brown scorpions or what but I think that's it I think you hit it on the head I think they're they're not a large species which is it's difficult to have a pet that's not of a particular size, you know, or, or won't grow, you know what I mean? Won't grow to be a size that most people have in their mind. And it is North American. It is in people's backyards. It's oftentimes regarded as a pet or not a pet, a pest, excuse me. So it's not as, it's not as flashy as something exotic, you know? I don't, I don't see to me, they're not any bigger than any like stigmurus. Yeah, that's true. You know, it's like, they're just as communal. They're not nearly as toxic. Yeah. I think so. Here's what's interesting about that too. A lot of other Vehovis, at least that I've seen, I need to do more more research. Like the tails on these things are fairly thick. Like, in my opinion, they're they're bordering like Androctonus proportion in terms of size and thickness okay. to body. Right. And then they don't have like really heavy duty. Chelicerae, like you see with uh, those species that are that are less toxic but that more powerful. So that makes me really wonder if it's almost like a a squam kind of thing, where it's like the only yeah. saving grace from them not dropping more people is because they're small and yeah. the yield is lower. Sure. Um, I mean, so like it makes me wonder. Just same with pygmy rattlers. You know, it's like if they were three times or twice that size, you know. How much more serious would they be? And yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I also think it's interesting that you know you, we talk about different species within the same genus having bigger or or, or more clinical effects toxicity wise, right? And then you look at Gracilis. You have Gracilis in Georgia and Florida, and it's like, ow, it hurts. That sucks. And then you have Gracilis in the Keys. And you're like, wow, that really sucks. Yeah, the Central then, American stuff. And then you have the Central American stuff. It's like, okay, that guy died. Yeah. You know? And I feel like I, I, I know the Vahovas in out west are way more toxic than yours. But again, I wonder if like it's what you said, where just because of the size, mm-hmm. it's not it the clinical effect is just not there. But at the same time, people have died from uh, you know, third and fourth instar Androctonus. So, yeah, 
that really shouldn't. Yeah, I don't know. Play a factor. It's one of those things where it's like they're so damn small. How can somebody? It's not like I could go to you know Nathaniel at M Talks and be like, "Hey, man, you should look into these," because it's like they're so damn small. Yeah. Like the yield is almost non-existent. It's yeah. like there's so much effort would have to go into that. So it's one of those things where it's like it's just never gonna happen. I don't like. I don't see one of these being able to to do any serious damage just given their size. Like they're so small, but I don't know. It just made me wonder because like looking at their body shape and stuff. Like I said, they look like they're very much more reminiscent of of like some of the African, like North African species, than they are anything out west. Because I've yeah. had dune scorpions before, and the like the the configuration and overall behavior and shape of dune scorpions is way different from these things like very different yeah so that's what the whole fact that they're even in that genus to me just doesn't doesn't add up but i have also have there's not a that's the other frustrating part there's not a ton of information out there about them like it's been one of those things where people are like yeah they exist and that's kind of the extent of it you know you see most of the information you see on them is from like exterminator websites in upstate south carolina and georgia really? like there's really not a ton of stuff out there on them wow um so I don't know. I'm I'm really anxious to to dive deeper and well, see what else I can dig have up. You, on. Have you found the actual describing paper? Mm -mm. I haven't really looked at either, though. I was gonna say I would I would try and go onto one of the scorpion forums or one of the scorpion or like arthropod pages and find out the um the taxonomic history and see if it was always in Vehovis and the description was from you know, 1890 and they just never followed through with it because nobody cared. Yeah. I don't know. It's, um, I am kind of surprised that nobody got, got stung by one given how much, um, you know, Jack Oliver was there with us. I got to mention Jack. Um, you know, he was flipping logs and rocks with his hands and I was just like, Hey, that's just yeah, bad. But I was like, I was kind of as many scorpions as I found under rocks and logs and stuff. I was like, there's a... surely like they're they're nervous too. Like when you touch them, they take off. Like they're fast little twitchy scorpions. It's it's one of those ones where it's like it really you wouldn't have to do much to get one to 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 nail you. You know? Sure. Maybe I'll have to be like our boy Coyote Peterson and get stung by one just to be able to document what happens. And then I'll be like a boom slang situation where I'll bleed out of every pore in my body and basically write, it was fun, y'all. Thanks. Don't touch these things. And those will be my dying words. Yeah, but don't do that because then I have to write a paper with all that information in it. And then we have to rename it Smith Eye. Would that be so bad? Yeah, I lose a friend and I got to write that horrible paper? No. Fair enough. Overall, the trip was awesome. Um, I ended up leaving Saturday around 1 just so I got back at a decent time. I was I wanted to stay another, another night, um, but with the rats and stuff, I didn't want to have to do those basically today after work and then come home and be exhausted and stuff for this. So... Um, yeah, I ended up coming back Saturday, and, and it was good. It was like a little quick 24-hour trip, and we, we freaking killed it, man. Nice. And it, it made me very tempted to get some black rats because we found some some black rats that were just super chill. Like, no attempt to bite or nothing. They were just kind of hanging out. 
Same awesome. with the Eastern King. They found the Eastern King, and that thing didn't even – I don't even think it musked them. Really? Yeah. It was, it was That's awesome. And then that cane break. The cane break. Timber. So here's here's where the confusion lies for me, because you know we've talked about this before. Atricadellas for life. The old cane break versus timber thing. So this is technically North Georgia, which should be cane break. Should it? Yeah. Because I always considered cane breaks to be more of like a coastal thing. Well, I always was told if it's if it's over like 2,000 feet of elevation, it's a timber. I don't know how high up we were. I mean, that's because I don't know. I was totally like, anecdotal. It, you know? it looked like a cane break. It had the stripe. It yeah. did not look like a timber that you see. And of course, I guess when I think of timber, I think of like the North Georgia ones that are like pitch black, like completely see, I was blacked say, out. Pennsylvania and, and then York the Pennsylvania yellows yeah. and things like that. Yeah. Um, so <clears throat> it made me wonder are, are we wrong? Who's wrong? We're not uh, wrong. No. You don't know. Let me look it up. Just FYI, I checked the radar, and this storm is right on my ass. So I may have to slam the laptop shut and run inside. Just forewarning. Don't do it. Just forewarning. Um... Oh, so like, yeah, there was this ghost town of, it's called Skull Shoals. Ooh. And it was like a historic area. And that's where we were looking around. That's where we happened to find the Eastern King and like the ruins of like. Really? I don't know what it used to be. It was literally just a pile of old bricks and, and stuff where a building used to stand. But all the grass and flowers and stuff had like taken it over. So it was just kind of this giant mound. Um, and dude, there was all kinds of stuff living in there, like fence lizards and. All kinds of stuff. It was really cool. Let me see if this tells me how how high above. Yeah, I love abandoned structures for herping, but I also hate it because I'm a big wuss, and I'm afraid that some ghost is going to eat me or some homeless guy is going to try and stab me with a bottle. Yeah, well, like, none of them were, like, standing structures, really. Like, if there was, it was basically the outer walls of a building or, like, a chimney or something. It wasn't wasn't anything serious. Now, what is cool is, did you get an idea of how old it was? I mean, was this, like, 50 years old, 100 years old, 200 oh, no, years old? super old. Let me see if it if it tells me anything about it. And look, I expected Patrick to disagree with the cane breaks, but I did not expect that from you, Kasiki. I thought you were Team Atricodatus. Atricodalus, excuse me. Can't even say the name right tonight. Let me see if it gives me a. It was founded in 1782. That structure? That little ghost town, yeah. Wow. That's crazy. That's awesome. Declined from 1887 and abandoned from the 1920s. No shit. 
So, I mean, that explains why it felt like it was haunted the entire time. So. Dude, there was this weird, like, pond, and it had these... I wonder if someone took a picture of it. But, like, the almost like these pillars that used to be holding something up in the middle of it, so it was almost like if you wanted to get to the other side, you had to jump across these onto these pillars. It was like Tomb Raider or something. Really? And... If you fell in, it was like this gross cesspool of water <laughs> that you were bound to get some sort of disease from. Amoebic dysentery. Or snapping turtle to the buttocks. If I were a snapping turtle, I'd be hanging out in there. I bet you would. Yeah, I don't see an elevation thing, but... Yeah, regardless. It was a cane break. It was in Georgia. It was a cane break. So. And it had a like an abscess or something. So like it had a messed up uh, lower left, like our left, lower, lower mandible. It had, had some really? sort of injury or something because it was like its lip was sort of like sticking out and hanging out. Interesting. It had like 15 rattles on it, though. That's good. Didn't That's rattle awesome. once. Really? So, like, what happened was, is they had found it. They were trying to find this this plain belly water snake that we saw the day prior, and they were trying to go back and get it. And then I was, like, a half a mile back in the woods somewhere else looking around in an area that I was sure I would find, uh, you know, a horridus or something. Because I was like, this place is too perfect. No one's back here messing around with anything. You know, surely there's one back here. And I didn't find anything. And so I finally came back out to where they were. And Chaz was like, oh, I've been looking for you. We found a, uh, we found a cane break. And so I was like, oh. And so we went back over there. And it's still been chilling in the spot where they had left it after they got their pictures and stuff. And so he showed it to me. And I you know, hooked it and moved it out so I could get a better look at it and stuff. And it didn't rattle a single once. Wow. Definitely knew I was there. Like, it was clearly, like, ready to go. But never, never rattled. And he said even when they pulled it out, he said it, it rattled a little bit, but barely. So that's awesome. It's very and cool. I never found it. It's on my was, list. Yeah. And there was two guys that were metal detecting and stuff around there. And they had a little, a little kid with them that probably had to be like maybe three. And they were kind of just letting that kid run around sort of do its thing. And so me, I talked me like I saw Chaz. I was like, should we, we should tell him that that thing's over there in case they go over there and that kid's not being watched. Yeah. You know, and yeah. so we went and told them, we're like, hey, we're here. We're looking for snakes. You know, we're just letting you know if you go over in that area, like there is a cane break. You know, we noticed that, you know, he was just kind of running around doing his thing. We know how little kids are because we both have children. So we're just giving you a heads up, you know, yeah. stay over there. Of course, the guy was like, oh, do you think it'll attack us? And we're like, no, you know, we're just like, just pay attention to what you're doing. Like it's the grass was all like at least calf high in a lot of areas you know, practically like waist high on this kid and they got him just kind of running around and stuff. And I'm like, y'all are just asking Ugh, to have this kid get bit by something. So tick magnet. Ugh. I really didn't have any on me. I found one tiny, tiny, tiny one. That was it. That's good. I thought that was interesting. No Lyme disease for Smitty. Good. Good. But it was a great trip. Um, I think we're going to try and make it more of an annual thing. I don't know if we're planning to go to like the same place or if we're going to try and like sort of bounce change around the southeast and change it up. 
Um, I'm glad Jake got up there. You know, he got to see a black rat after I left. They found another one, so he was super stoked on that. Awesome. Um, they found some Nerodia too, which he was super excited about. And um, it just, man, it got the it. It really sort of reignited the the wanting to get out there and hurt more and stuff. And hell yeah, like I, you know, I told Chaz while we were out there, I was like, dude, you know, I I go out here in Beaufort sometimes but it's like I don't really do it as much anymore because I never find anything yeah so I was like it's nice to come some like come on a trip somewhere and actually find stuff and actually be like multiple things at that not just the same thing you know I'm not just seeing nothing but racers I'm not just seeing nothing but broadheads like I'm you know seeing all kinds of stuff and it's got me really anxious to to get out there more now and like that stuff is just super important it was nice. Like there's no phone service up there. Really. It was very spotty, which was nice. Um, hanging out with people that like I've, I've been following on Instagram and, and have talked to off and on a good bit. And then to finally meet them and hang out with them and stuff and um, just get out and get out, hang out with the boys and you yeah. know, get off the phone and just, enjoy it like that stuff's important man and it's i remember like it was the same way in texas but i really even if it was just a 24-hour trip like i had you know it was still it was really good and i need to do more of that i think everyone everyone should agree absolutely well said well said but what is uh what is what is your herping oh yes so uh so i have this i have this one paved road that goes through cane fields and it's all private property but the road is a county road so we can road cruise it we can hike it we can collect on it um and i've actually got the two two of the three pygmies i have now i got from this one road I I just love the phenotype. It's super dark, dark, dark black with like that slate gray, purple borders and real rusty saddles. So it's good looking area. Um, And I found a lot of cool stuff there. It's, 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 it's a great road, but every time Anna Marie and I go out to this one road, we see mammals and we'll see a lot of barn owls. We will see, a lot of shorebirds, depending on if we get there during daylight, um, do the sandpipers, uh, pink spoonbills, so much cool wildlife, not just the herps. Um, but we always see cool mammals and we see raccoons, we see possums. Um, one time we've seen a mom and two cubs, uh, bobcat, which was super cool. Um, and then one time we saw a straggly black bear which i think i've mentioned on this podcast before he we we thought it was uh, just a really disheveled obese raccoon and then it stood <laughs> up on two legs and was like oh shit that's a bear look at that but he was a straggly looking bear but a bear in the cane fields that's crazy you know you just unheard of so uh through my years of herping south florida i've seen a lot of animals and i've seen a handful of bear i've seen bobcats i've seen otters and turkeys and deer and pigs and bears oh my right and i have seen florida panthers not in the preserve 
because there, there is a preserve that you can go and you can get lucky and there's like some boardwalks in there that people always see panthers but it is very very hard to see a florida panther especially with the amount of them that are left uh i think on average it's between 40 and 50 get killed every year because of uh road uh, getting hit by cars on the road and they have an idea what the population is but it's still it's very very slim um so over the past oh geez i'll say 20 years or so i can claim to have seen nine sightings of a panther now i don't usually tell this to people because a lot of people are like oh that's bullshit you're full of crap well, three or maybe four of those times, it was clear as day. It was a panther. But, you know, they call them the ghosts of the Everglades because they just disappear. You see the silhouette of this cat and you, you, you do two things. You look for spots and you look for the tail because it's too far away. It's, they're, they're never within 100 yards ever. So they're never within a football field's distance. But you look for the tail, you make sure it has that long curved, you know, big cat tail and it doesn't have a little stub tail like a bobcat. And you make sure that if it has the right size on it, there's no spots because if it's 40, 50 pounds and it has spots, it's probably a, a giant bobcat. Yeah. Um, so bobcat. I'd say what's that? Bobcats are cool. Bobcats are super cool. Um, we have them here. I've never I've never seen one, though. Oh, really? I love bobcats. Yeah. They're awesome. It's terrifying up close, but still cool. <laughs> So two or three times I've seen a panther and it's always with friends because uh, you got to have witnesses. Right. Right. And they're like, dude, that that was a panther. That was a panther. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. And like, it's literally you're driving down the road 100 yards in front of the road. You see the cat come out. You see the silhouette and you're like, get on the brakes. And then before you can blink or like by the time your hand hits your pocket to pull your phone out, it's vanished. Gone. 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 Um, And that's usually the case. In fact, I could say with with confidence that two or three sightings of panthers that I have may have even been the same cat because we're in the same wildlife management area on the same road at the same time of day. And I know that this is a place where Fish and Wildlife has released panthers that they you know captured for scientific purposes and relocated yeah. to kind of diversify genetics and stuff. But I've never been really close to one in captivity. It's always that 80 yards, 100 yards away until Friday night. And we're driving down this road. It was 1032 at night. It was 71 degrees Fahrenheit. There wasn't a single living creature on that road. Anna Maria had actually dozed off. And I see this funky looking thing walking down the side of the shoulder of the road. And like I, parallel, like walking with the walking, road? Walking with the road in the same direction as me. Like but it was like, hitchhiking. Like it was hitchhiking. And then I realized it's not one, it's two. And I was like, babe, babe, babe. And I'm hitting her to wake her up because I thought it was a mama bobcat and a cub. And as we got closer, they got bigger. Oh. And then I, I got within uh, maybe two cars lengths, maybe a car length and a half. Wow. And it was two panthers, juveniles no spots but still small mm-hmm. and they stopped they stared at us kind of like hunched down a little bit like like a house cat kind of hunches down mm-hmm. you know and then stood up real tall and then just walked off into the bushes 
didn't run, didn't spook, didn't scare. Saw the eye shine at one point because they turned, but I've never been that close. And I was like, babe, just two, two Panthers. And she's like, yeah, it's it's awesome. I was like, I don't think you, I was so, understand. I don't, I was, I was in shock and awe. And it was in the cane fields. Like, what are the odds? They had to have been, you know, moving through or something. I, I don't think it was a mother and cub. I think it was. There's like cub mates or something. I think it was cub mates that yeah. maybe one got more food than the other because they weren't, they weren't big cat size. They were maybe forty pounds, maybe, ish. Yeah. Right. Maybe fifty pounds on the larger size one. Archie. Yeah. Exactly. Um, and you could see the ears were rounded. There was no spots. The face was rounded. And there was the long tail, but they didn't have it stretched out like a like a tiger or like a lion. It was very close, tight to the body. Yeah, it kind of hangs. More. And and then after you see that, and I, I'm I'm enamored. I'm I'm like, what just happened? I can't believe this. I'm kind of like, I'm now I'm I'm idling the car because I'm like, I, I don't know what to do with myself. You know, I'm like Ricky Bobby. I don't know what to do with my hands. Um, and she's like, I don't know. Was that were those panthers? I was like, those were panthers. We saw two. We saw two fucking panthers. Two of them. And we Googled it, and she's like, yeah, that's exactly what we saw. Exactly it. And what's crazy is I know in my soul that that may never happen ever again in the rest of my life. And I, I was telling her that. And I was like, this is a once-in-a-lifetime experience. And I was I scrambled to get my phone, but I didn't want to look down. Yeah. Because I knew if I looked down, gone. It's one of those things, man, where you have to like, like, there's some things like that where it's like, if I don't get this, a photo or a video, like I'd kind of, if, if I don't have time, I'd rather just see it yeah. and not have it documented, you know? Yeah. I think if I was by myself, I probably would have tried to get the phone just for evidence so that people believe me. But I mean, I had her in the car, so I witness it happened. I mean, when you, know? you see those, are you do they does like Fish and Wildlife want you to like let them know? Um, I imagine they do, but I don't think this is a regular I occurrence. Also imagine that they they have a pretty good idea of where they are and where they aren't. Yeah, and at the same time, I know a lot of people that own private land. They don't tell Fish and Wildlife they have cats on the property because. The state has been known to seize property. Mm. So, like, I have a customer who owns, oh, he owns like 56,000 acres that butts up to Everglades National Forest. So and that seems, seems right up to par with given recent events. Yeah. And, um, well, and it's not even Florida, it's usually U.S. Fish and Wildlife. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah, because it's endangered species mm -hmm. and they want the federal and all that. So, anyway, well, he has trail cams all over his property and he showed me videos he brought his laptop in. he showed me trail cam videos in full color hd of like four panthers and like two or three cubs walking past his cameras all as a group as like a wow. little as like a little pride yeah and then he has other videos of two or three full-grown you know 100 pound whatever they are adults taking down feral pigs Wow. Crazy. And uh, I guess he had told somebody who then ratted him out and he kept getting knocks on the door from Fish and Wildlife. Hey, we want to we want to find those cats. We want to put collars on them. He's like, no, he says they're at peace. They're on my land. 
no doing one's their hunt- thing. Leave yeah, no one, no one hunts my land but me. You know what I mean? It's a natural area. With you want to check on them? Come ask me for my ca- trail cam footage. He's like, I will give you all the trail cam footage you want. You can do whatever you want with it. He's like, I'll even let you put your trail cams out there. You want to put your own government little trail cam out there? Knock yourself out, but nobody comes on my land. Like that's it. So. And more yeah, power too, it's, it's one of those things here where you have to wonder. It's like if they go in and and say they did find them and trank them and collar them and whatever they do, it's like you just messed it up. You know, does that now mess it up to where those animals now relocate because yeah, it's now no longer deemed a, a safe area for them where they're like we got to go because yeah, like we're here, like they know we're here, we got to go kind of thing. So, props to him for that. <clears throat> Yeah, we just had a sure. big air show here over the weekend. Speaking of bald eagles, and apparently when the Blue Angels just started taking off, like a bald eagle came out of nowhere, completely really? unintentional. It was like one of the That's biggest awesome. like, fuck yeah America moments because it's on the <laughs> airspace. Like we have the air base here, so there's like always yeah. jets and stuff flying. And uh, yeah, my boss was there over the weekend. He's like, dude, this bald eagle just came out of nowhere. Like when these jets took off, and it was just like the coolest thing. Yeah, America, fuck yeah. That's awesome. That's awesome. So yeah, yeah. I uh, I had a, a a good a good night of herping. Didn't see any snakes. So well, speaking yeah. of pygmies, it's you know we talked about sort of the Athens Augusta Reds. Yeah, seeing all the red dirt and like red clay and stuff up there, it now makes complete sense why complete there's sense. red pigs up there. Yep, thousand percent. Match match that with the leaf litter. All yeah. those oak leaves and sycamore and, uh, yeah, dude. I walked up on a, a pair of racers breeding. That's cool. I thought like it was actually funny. breeding or males. Yeah, at him. no, like male was like locked. Nice, good for him. Like I, I so I was walking and I was back sort of in the area where we first when we first got to the park. You know, we parked and started walking this area, waiting for Jack Oliver to get there. And I was kind of back where we started, like where we first walked in. I kept hearing this noise, and I was like, that sounds like a snake moving. Because it was like, oddly enough, there wasn't that many squirrels up there, which was interesting. Because there's squirrels everywhere here. Like you're walking in the woods, squirrels are constantly making noise, and you know what that sound sounds like. But I kept hearing this. I'm like, that's not a squirrel. It's not a bird. And so I heard a snake. And so I stop and I look, and I don't see anything. And so I take a couple more steps, and I hear it again. I just happened to look over and like where this sort of ditch starts to slope down and go. It, it was really deep. Like that thing probably had to be like 15 feet deep Wow! at its, at its deepest. Um, I look over and there's, there's a, probably the biggest black racer I've ever seen was a female nice. Nice. with a male right there on top of her. Um, and I stood there for probably a good 10 minutes and just, and just, watch them do their thing and you know as weird as that sounds um and then jack showed up and jack was walking in i was like oh come here i was like dude check it out i got you know there's two black racers over here uh copulating and uh you know he sat there and watched for a few minutes and then the female finally i guess was over and took off like full bore full speed wow and the craziest thing was that male did not miss a beat and was still halfway up her back really full speed chasing her (laughs) That's I'd never awesome. seen anything like it. I mean, like I know those things move, but that female just like like a shot, just gone, and that male was right there on top of her like the entire way. 
And then she finally, I guess, took off and got away from him. And then we watched him for a few more minutes, sniff, like scan around, trying to figure out where she went. Like he went to this log that she went under or went past. I think I I don't know where she went after that, but you saw him go to that. And then he kind of scanned around that a little bit and then he'd stop and periscope. And then he went back to searching around. And then finally, I guess he went in that, that log where I'm assuming she went, but just watching him like frantically start looking and trying to figure out, like get a, get a trail or something to figure out where she went. Like it was just, it was really cool to see that. That's so cool. Just walk up on it. It's just like the, you know, the Panther thing. It's like, you think had you stopped for 45 seconds somewhere else down the road. Yeah. You never would have seen that. Never would have seen it. Same with like the, the cane break and stuff. It's like, had the guys not, been looking around in that one particular area and there was like yep. five of them there looking around and no one saw this cane break just curled up in the sun just chilling right there it wasn't until brent looked down and and noticed it a couple of feet from him but you have like five sets of eyes scanning the same area and, and not just five sets of eyes five sets of eyes trained to look for that stuff right who are who are intentionally seeking it out and they still pseudo missed it crazy absolutely awesome dude the whole time i was there and we were out in the woods running around like i was fully convinced that at any given time we were within like 20 feet of a of a horridus oh sure somewhere for sure like the the habitat was just too perfect um and even like black rats and and the rough greens and stuff it was like i feel like we're there's always there's one somewhere right by us we just don't know it so yeah. it just and Chaz said he's like this is my my spot for black rats and he didn't lie I think we found a total of three nice one of them was a younger one that Jack was peeling some bark off a of, off a of down pine and he found found a young black and then uh, he found the first one which was the same day earlier that day and it was just kind of sitting on the ground on its way to like a tree um, and actually I have pictures of that one let me pull it up. I have pictures of sort of where we were at, like the landscape and stuff too. See if I can do this without the internet having an aneurysm. I hear the rain coming. It's it's pouring, but it's not coming at me just yet. But I may dip out of here in a minute. Load. Damn it. Why is it always raining down there, man? I mean, it's Get it, it happens. Yeah, it is a swamp. After all the flooding we had, it's going to be even worse. Yeah, how's that been? Well, I mean, let's be real. I, I, I never experienced flooding. Mo- most people, I'll say, a solid eighty percent of South Florida did not experience the the really bad flooding, mm-hmm. but. Everyone felt it because all the traffic was rerouted. There was no gas anywhere. The port was all locked down. The the airport was all on lockdown. So, like, dude, the lines for gas were incredible. You know, I I got gas at, like, one in the morning just so that I wouldn't have to sit in line for two hours. It's wild. Look at that snake. Damn. Dude, that little black rat was so mellow, man. Like, we had a moment. We were just chilling. You like my my Kinexus working group shirt there? Hell yeah, dude. And that's the cane. Yeah, it is. 
Very nice. Yeah, so this is like the area Look that we found, that. like the black rats. Dude, it's a it's a legit garden, man, an oasis. Yeah. Look at that sky. Oh. Dude, it was, Primo. It was perfect up there. And then there was like this creek that ran through sort of the whole thing. Picture doesn't want to load. Yeah, I was saying it's not quite loading. Damn it. That's a pyro. Whose pyro was that? Oh my god, Facebook is the worst. Zuckerberg, get it together. Man, look at that ecosystem. That's gorgeous. I know. I'd love to, to show you more. If, if and dude, that would be a great backdrop for an enclosure. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that would be a fantastic backdrop. So like this is the area where like they were all sort of up further back, like behind me in this picture. I was like literally like a half a mile from them back in these woods here. Nice. And it just kept going because like this, you walk through a little like a lower swampy area and then you went up this hill and there's a chimney and like a couple of really old deep wells from that that settlement. And uh, yeah, I just kept going past that, like got to the point where the trail just wasn't even there anymore. And I just kept going. That's awesome. Oh, look that's, at that's that. Same creek. Look at that. Now, were you guys camping at a campsite, or were you camping in there? Oh, no, there was like a like a campsite area. Okay. Um, Look at that. Just fields of velvet. Oh, and everything is so lush green, man. Yeah, yeah. So that's the the river there, where those creeks and stuff all kind of met. Mm-hmm. And then this is a path that followed that same that river. And this actually over on this towards this side is where that cane break was, you know, probably 30 yards to the left. Nice. It just it reminded me of like India in a way like you see like videos and pictures of like these pathways on India and where, you know, people get nailed by Russell's like person stuff. And yeah, I mean, was, uh, I could totally see a tiger just walking through the, the background. <laughs> but, yeah, man, it was just freaking incredible. It was yeah, you go back to that that lush green one. Which one? This one? Nope. Yeah, that that one right there, dude. That's a backdrop for an enclosure. Oh, that would be amazing for your black rat snake or a copperhead. Oh, awesome. Here, I got another one of this. Sort of get you. I got a good in situ shot of that cane break. Nice. As soon as this thing gets its life together. Dude, Shout out to Michael good. Gillen. Yeah, he's he just got those pyros. Oh, nice. Good for him. Congrats, Mike. Yeah. So the cane break's chilling right here. Oh, really? Um, they found it sort of probably two yards down here out in a little sunny spot just curled up this was after like they had put it somewhere over here in this brush and i had pulled it out like hooked it out a little bit and it just moved right here and curled up mm -hmm. and just did its thing it was hanging out but it's yeah i mean just the the greenery and stuff man like it, it really is no surprise as to why there was so much biodiversity and species and stuff that we found yeah that's awesome
It was really cool to see like ring necks and stuff too. That's a yeah, species man. I don't see a lot. Dude, everyone poo-poos the fossorial stuff, but it's Dude, awesome. those those yellow bellies on those things, like you see those in person and it's it's like okay. Now you have a better appreciation for them after that, but yeah. It's a sort of the long leaf type habitat we first stopped at. And then this was that pair of racers that I found on that sort of embankment. Very cool. I'm also slightly amazed no one got hit by poison oak or poison ivy too, because yeah. I can't identify that stuff, and I feel like we were walking through it the entire weekend. But It's awesome. I want to go back. Very cool. Oh, and I'll see. I got to put a picture of the scorpions up there too. There's a project for you. I don't I don't do the backgrounds thing, man. That's that's a fill thing. I love the backgrounds. Oh, I love it. I don't know why they can't add these pictures that I send in real time. I have to exit out and open it back up. Yeah, that is annoying. Oh, look at those little bugs. Look at them. You see what I'm saying? That does not shape like Vehovis. And you can't zoom in, right? Um, I can if I save it. So if I do that and then I open it, I can open that window and then I can zoom in all day long. Bum, bum. Window. Okay, here we go. Oh, dude, too cool. Too freaking cool. But you see what I'm talking about with like the, the thickness? Yeah, the, uh, they're very centroides ish. They are. They're very tedious ish as well. Mm -hmm. If that's oh, even a word. <laughs> tedious similar. But that color, gorgeous. Yeah. Uh, the yellow and the I legs. Wanted, there, there may be, I think there's even one that looked like she might have been gravid in the group. This was like the initial, I think four or five that I found. And they're not dimorphic in the tail. Uh, not that I've noticed. Um, there's a few maybe in like the, the chelicerae, um, and sort of overall stockiness that I, I think there's a couple that, that look like I would lean more towards them being male than female. Just in terms of overall, like girth. Sure. Let me see if I have. I don't think I took a picture of the setup. And is that a piece of bark that you took from their tree? Yeah, that's just a piece of pine, pine bark. Awesome. 
Yeah, man, the colors of those things in the sun, they're just screaming. I I wish finding snakes was as easy as finding those things because like, I feel like the, bl <laughs> the black light is almost cheating. Oh, yeah. It's like they stick out so much. It's just goofy. Uh, let me see. Is the other one showing up now? Nope, I just see you. No. Yeah, I mean, that's because I was in my stupid dark room. StreamYard can make this window sharing thing easier if they wanted to make some upgrades to their program. If just you saying. To. Okay. Yeah, very centroides ish. Yeah. I like those white joints at the at the legs. Mm -hmm. Those little white knees. That's kind of cool. And they do. They have a very armored tail. Yeah, yeah. And then that that telson's real long, very footballish. That see, mm -hmm. that's what makes me kind of feel centroides as well. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. It's weird. So let me let's bring up some other Vehovis for comparison. Let's do it. Hello, cat. Alicia. <laughs> Trippy said, big titus. <laughs> For those curious, titus is a genus of scorpions from South America. And they are also awesome. They are. And they have a, a wide array of different colors on them. You know, crazy neon blue, and then they have like digital camouflage, like mm -hmm. army digicami. Very cool bugs. So let's see. Did you just type in Vehovis or? Yeah, I did. No, cat, get down. Damn it. Meow. Pain in the ass. So, I mean, like, I guess body structure wise, it's similar, but it's just odd because some of these other species, like, they're, they're more of like a. A glossier color, and you see bigger, like yeah. stockier tel uh, chelicerae, and what is this? That's Mexicanus. That's Vehovis Mexicanus. Ah, just it's just odd that. That's Paravehovis, so that's not even like a true. Yeah, those are Arizona, right? 
Uh, I think so. Definitely out west somewhere. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Phylographic study of the widespread southern devil's group. Oh, okay. All right. There you go. I'll, I'll, I'll nibble. Yeah. Take a gander. Several studies have revealed cryptic spices. What? I think they meant species. Within the genus Vehovis uh, in the southeastern USA. With this in mind, Matthew Graham and co-workers have conducted a thorough phylographic analysis and more widespread species of the more widespread species of Vehovis carolinaeus. The authors expected to find cryptic species in some of the different populations of this species, but the genetic analysis did not support this, even though several genetical clades were identified. All populations are the same species. <laughs> really? Uh, That's still cool. Why is this? I can't read. Is that right? It's so small. Southern Appalachians and adjacent provinces of the southeastern USA are geologically and biologically diverse with high levels of endemism. Phylographic analyses indicate that animals with small distributions in these regions often contain cryptic diversity and that Pleistocene climate fluctuations have significant impacts on their distributions. We study the phylogeography of Vehovis carolinianus. A common forest scorpion from the region to determine if a more widely distributed animal exhibits similar patterns. Mitochondrial nuclear DNA, as well as species distribution models, were used to test biogeographic hypotheses. So they're saying that because of Pleistocene era glacial movement, that's why we have devil scorpions on the East Coast. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> well, it makes sense. So there's a there's two mountain ranges between them, you know. A highly disjunct population from Tunica Hills of Louisiana appears to have been isolated since the Pliocene, rejecting a hypothesis of late glacial migration along the Blufflands escarpment. Okay. Nuclear DNA is much less structured, perhaps due to the differences in habitat and dispersal capabilities between sexes. Though mitochondrial lineages are quite old, mitonuclear disordinance suggests that lineages have not sorted and that Carolinianus should be treated as a single genetically diverse species. Well, that's cool. That's like from that. 2020. That's actually from 2021. Oh, wow. Nice. So that's recent. Very cool. Can I open this and zoom in on it? No. Why would I be able to? So this chart has, let's see, what's Borden Springs? I have no idea where that is. This looks like mm, it might be more so like the Louisiana, maybe um, like Oklahoma, Alabama side of things. I don't know. They don't. I don't think they get them in Oklahoma. Okay. Alabama, I believe they do. Huh. <laughs> Patrick says, "Just put a locality on your Smitty." <laughs> don't tempt me. <laughs> New Vehovis from Arizona. I don't know how long ago that is. That's pretty cool looking. Yeah. I love scorpions. 
They're the best. Do you ever get the bug, the urge to to get some again? I do. All the time. All the time. What stops Especially, you from doing it? Um, knowing myself, I would, if I had just one or two, I would probably neglect them. And if I had more than one or two, I would go down the slippery slope and end up with a hundred. So no bugs, maybe in the future, maybe if I get a, a hair up my butt, I will, you know, but I also like not to sound one way or another, but I've had a lot of the Middle Eastern, North African stuff, which is clearly my favorite. And I don't know. I, I have fond memories of it. I enjoyed it. I think I need to just keep it at that because I, I don't want to. It's a lot of work, man. It's a lot of work to have a lot of bugs. You know, everything's individually contained, having to feed everything individually contained. Uh, Do you I get a lot of gracilis where you are? Yeah, that's all we get. I'm too I mean, far. Do you like? Do you see them? If I go looking for them, hell yeah. If I'm just out herping, never. Gotcha. Yeah, like we have a uh, specific pine areas that we go and like we'll flip dead logs and like you almost you almost have to have a blacklight because mm-hmm. they blend in so damn well yeah. with all the dead yeah. stuff. You know they're so dark. Um, but I mean, crap, man. I think the best we had was like twelve or thirteen in an hour. Wow. So we that don't go looking for them enough. Yeah, yeah. So that paper is Pleistocene origins, Pleistocene refugia, and post-glacial range expansions in southern devil scorpions. Very cool. I will have to pursue that. Yeah, for sure. Because it is interesting. You wonder how you get just like a single species like that on the other side of the country. Yeah. Absolutely. Eat weeds and other things too. What? So here, this is one of the gracilis that I kept. This is from Parkland, Florida. Oh, yeah. Got almost like a purple tinge to them. Borden Springs is Alabama, Dustin said. I don't know. Keller has those stigmas, and he's like, I'm going to have a bunch of babies. You guys want stigmas? Let me know. <laughs> Yeah, I think the problem too is that a lot of the a lot of the species of scorpions I want either cost an arm and a leg or they're just unobtainium, you know. Yeah. So well, do you find it because Florida doesn't have any sort of regulations on scorpions, right? So technically they do. In fact, technically they have really steep regulations on non-native arthropoda. However, it's so obscure that no one cares and it's not governed by 
the by Florida Fish and Wildlife, it's actually governed by the Department of Agriculture. So, right, because I know like grasshoppers and things like that, they're super weird about. Right, right. So at one point, when Phil was going bug crazy, Phil got a restricted arthropod license from the Florida Department of Agriculture. Because aren't most phasmids like persona non grata? And... Well, from what I learned is that as long as it is not an herbivore, okay, you're good to go. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, with the with the exception of certain things, and that's because they deem it. Uh, first of all, it's crazy because you fill out this extensive form, right? And it's not just arthropods; it's the license is um, a license to possess, move, and distribute restricted arthropods, plant pathogens, and something else. I, I can't remember what the other one is. Um, but you you type out everything right in like an Excel spreadsheet, and then the biologist that signs off on it hand writes in the like margin next to each species yes or no and why it was a no. Hmm. So like I had requested uh, at least they give you a reason, I guess. Yeah, very very much so. And I had I had requested like uh, so the way it works is you can request uh it's. I can't remember how much money it was, but it was like Adam. Technically, they're not bugs, so yeah, right. She um, can be anti-bug all she wants. They're yeah, exactly. Not, not technically bugs. So I think it's you can request. It's like twenty bucks per species, up to five, and then after five species, it's unlimited. So I had put one sheet. Or I had paid for five, and then when I got that approved, because that's the only there was only five slots, right? And when I got it approved, there was a letterhead saying, "If you require more species, please see an attachment addendum." Blah blah blah. If I had no extra charge per Florida Department, I was like, "Oh, really?" So the rest are free. So I printed out a list of like two hundred species, and just like anything I would ever actually want. And uh, there was, Go I think, broke. yeah, right. There was like twelve different species of uh, dynastus, um, you know, Hercules beetles. Uh, I had like ten or fifteen different species of mantids, like orchid mantids and, and the like. Um, I had some roaches on there, some crazy, cool looking roaches. Uh, and basically, if it was a plant eater or a mantid, they said no. They hmm. just flat out no. Um, I think the mantids, they were afraid of them eating too many native species. And then the anything that was a plant eater, they're like, no. I think it said uh, this species may be detrimental to native plant life or something to that extent. Um, but like all the centipedes, they approved all the centipedes. They approved all the scorpions. They approved like a handful of spiders, um, which I thought was wild. You know what I mean? Like, it's crazy. So, yeah, I did have that license. I kept it for like three years and then I wound mm -hmm. up letting it lapse because there was no point. You know what I mean? There's, yeah, yeah. There's no point. No no one governs it. No one enforces it. You know. Was it when we were talking to Dumas that he was talking about? Someone had mentioned maybe it was isopods or something having to go to the state um, bug person. 
to see if they were actually what they what they were. Entomologists, state entomologists. Yeah. yeah. For what? I don't. I don't remember now. I don't remember, but we were talking about like if someone was selling some species of isopod or something, they had to send it to an entomologist to get verified. Oh, really? I just remember that, like thinking, like the kind. I bet to to see the stuff they probably see. Oh yeah. Across their desk, man. Just. Oh, I imagine. Speaking of isopods, so there's this one like. It's not tin. It's one of those, uh, you know, those umbrella stands that have like the sand in the bottom. Yeah. In, like, the different compartments. Yeah. Yeah. I keep the, so the cover to one of those is on my parents in their backyard. And I lift that up and there's a couple of like big isopods in there. And I, like, I don't know if it's like, I think armadillum or something is maybe the, the genus they're in. Okay. Um, and I've been tempted to get some of those and, and culture yeah. to see because they look, pretty neat i mean they're they're like the beefy kind they're the little tank variety legit really police yeah but they That's got cool. like the yellow they got like these yellow spots um at the base of each like armor plate if that makes sense yeah yeah each segment that's cool yeah, I think if I did go back to bugs, I would probably want to do one or two species in a pretty, pretty cool desktop like setup. You know? Oh, I just figured I could I could get them and then make millions. Like I, I like one of the things I always wanted to do was make a uh like a like those tall exoterras or not exoterra. I think it's Zilla or it might be zoom it where the, the painted glass in the front is all one piece. It's one door, not two. Yeah. Do one of those, or even just like a really tall cube fish tank, like a five gallon cube fish tank and do uh Lieris Jordanensis, but have the mountain or the sculpture of Petra in the background. Yeah. Like I thought that would be super cool. I'd like put that on a desk. I think that'd be awesome. Have my own little Petra at home. Maybe when I go over there tomorrow to top off mice, I'll get some of these guys. And then find out what they are. Because they've been there consistently the last couple times I've, I've looked under that. Huh. Yeah, pictures, pictures are giving me nothing. There's entirely too many different kinds of these damn things. Yeah, a lot, <laughs> a lot to say the least. I don't know. I mean, if they're if it's a species that would work out well with with you know Vivarian stuff, I think they'd be ideal if you're dealing with yeah. something that you don't want to eat them because they're like they're bigger, like they're a decent size isopod, whatever the hell you call them, pill bug. I'm sticking to roly poly. carolina.com maybe it has some insight i don't know i also want to get um some there's man a, there's a lot of different species of opisthothalamus that i never kept and some of them are like legit awesome tunnelers and when i kept opisthothalamus there was no excavator sand so yeah. like we we just kept them on sand and coconut husk mixed up you know and they they dug little divots but they really didn't burrow like tunnel you know 
Mm-hmm. And I, I think if I did get back into it, I would try and find one of the larger Epistothalmus species and then do excavator sand and just let them make like the underground mazes. I thought that would be really cool. And you could Dude, see I it, like, did that farm. with the with the dune scorpion that I had. I gave it excavator and watching that thing just go to town building a burrow, man. It was wild. That's cool. That was a fun species. Like they're they're definitely that's smurringers. Yeah. 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 They're definitely super, super high strung, super flighty, like not yeah. something you can play with uh, by any means because like you, you're probably definitely going to get stung. But sure. Or man, p- like, pinched to hell. <laughs> yeah. But watching those things go and that's a species that you you can't they're not communal at all. Like you have to house those singly because they cannibalize like crazy. Right. Um, but just setting up some excavator and letting it dry and watching that thing just dig, 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 and seeing like little bits of sand just flying out of the, the burrow and stuff <laughs> as it's doing its thing. That's awesome. Like, it was cool as hell, dude. And it was just in the small like critter keeper. And you could see the burrow because it burrowed like along the sides. So you could like see inside that burrow cool. when it was done. And that excavator clay, man, it went, it worked perfectly for that. Like that thing went absolutely crazy. That's great. And that. And then did you wet all the clay and just let it dry naturally or did you just pour it in there loose? No, I like wet it and like made it rigid and sloped then it in it. like one side okay. kind of thing. And then I put some just sand in there and sand over it. And it was, I think it was mostly dry by the time I put the, the dune in there. Um, and it, you know, it got straight to work. Nice. That's awesome. That was a, that was a fun species. I, yeah. I enjoyed those. Did you have the um, what is it, Pal- Palladus? No, the one that the one that has like Arizona black... Harry's. No, 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 not 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 that one. I'm talking about the Smeringerus. That it's I don't know if it's a subspecies. They have black tips on the on the claws. I don't think it was. Okay, all right. I did have a subspecies of Deathstalker. Oh, really? Which one? I had the. I think it was Judaicus. You're talking about Houghton Tota. No, no. Let me look it up on my phone, not my computer. Yeah, I actually got, we had a underground got a shipment from Egypt and we were going through them. And uh, this one guy, Pete, who does all the bugs over there, um, he was, I think it was actually, we got a shipment of Cressicotta. It may have been Cressicotta or maybe Androcanus Bicolor. And there was one Hodentoto Judaicus in there, and I was like, "Oh, that's coming home with me." And uh, sadly, the thing died after a month, but uh, it was still super cool to have that—just a jet black Hodentoto with the super long claws, Ugh, gorgeous, gorgeous. Yeah, black. that was a, a genus I never kept, but I always was very. Oh, I had a um, uh, Hebrius. That's why. That's oh, okay, Hebrius. That's cool. That's super cool. I guess those are their own species now. They're not even a subspecies. Yeah, they, they elevated them. Yeah, what's there, five Liaris now? Yeah, those things are serious, dude. Yeah, super cool. Super cool. Well, it's almost at the two-hour mark. I'm getting sprayed with sideways rain. Is there anything else you wanted to touch base on, sir, before we wrap this one up? I don't think so. All right. Well, I'm glad think, we got our technical difficulties under control. I think we uh, we we bored everyone enough with our 
our James Bond talk and yeah, nerd out. So yeah, but I'm always down to nerd out about scorpions. So hell yeah, man, hell yeah, we got to get more scorp people on. We do, we do. This episode was brought to you by blackboxcages.com. I wasn't here when Phil first said it, but check them out. Facebook, Instagram, use code THN to check out and save yourself a little bit of money. If you're in the general Southeast region, you can save yourself some money on shipping and just pick up straight from Black Box when you place an order. Uh, and then you need to go and check out the fine folks at Puget Sound Pythons. Go give them a follow on Facebook and Instagram as well. Follow on Morph Market. Uh, they are getting married soon, so buy some cool stuff from them and help them pay for that wedding because weddings ain't cheap. When are you getting married? I have no idea. When is this happening? I don't know. It'll happen. All right. Uh, we'll be back Thursday for THP. One-on-one, I think we're going to overall talk about the trip, have Jake's I want to hear what happened after I had left, you know, some of the stuff they found um, because they found a Nerodia like six feet up a tree or something. Really? Randomly in the middle of the woods or something. I don't, I don't know. It'd be interesting. That's cool. So we'll see, Uh, but it'll be good. So we will see everybody there. Thank you. We'll see you later. Bye.